This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome to Rex Factor! This week, questions and answers. With your hosts, Graham Duke and Ali Hood. Hello and welcome to the second half of the Rex Factor Questions and Answers podcast. Uh, we had originally did this in one recording, but because it ended up being a bit long, I decided I'd cut it in half. And so we're going to pick up now where we were last time. More of the questions that you've been sending in via Twitter at Rex Factor Pod on Facebook, email Rex Factor Podcast at hotmail.com and on the WordPress site rexfactor.wordpress.com. After this podcast, we'll be back probably in a couple of weeks, starting on the kings and queens of Scotland. But until now, back to the questions. So, onwards. Yes. Uh, John, again from the Saga Thing podcast, a question for each of you to answer individually. Aside from the infamous Edgar the Peaceful travesty, are there any Rex Factor decisions you'd reverse? Were these who were denied the Rex Factor or someone who sneaked into the round of 18 who you now think didn't deserve the honour? And similarly, Dean Irwin... Uh, if you could had a DeLorean at your disposal, mm. any decisions that you go back and change? Uh, well, I know, um, I know that there was um, Edgar the Peaceful, which I mean, this still rankles with me. <laughs> um, and That's on, when we get new listeners. Yeah, it still comes up, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, I pro- I I might have given Edward it one. It. You just think that was a mistake to give up the first Rex Factor. No, Edward, Edgar the Peaceful. Edgar the Peaceful. Did I say Edward the First? Well, you said Edward the One. Oh, right. Oh, I would give Edward one. No, I mean... No, no, no. Well, you <laughs> are going to be married to him, so. <laughs> No, I... Right, so what I mean... <laughs> yes, Edgar the Peaceful. That's one I'd go back. And I don't know which one I gave one to. <laughs> which, who I gave it to that I'd remove it from. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's a tricky sometimes. I... I think that William the Fourth, to be honest, when we got to the playoffs, I found it really hard to try and think of a reason why he deserved to beat any of the other monarchs. Quick, quick, quick recap. Um, so he's the one that came before Victoria. Great reform act. He was a sailor. Oh, and just held on for for Victoria. Yeah, yeah. Liked him, and he was quite a popular decision when we gave it to him. Yeah. But I don't know if you give it to William the Fourth, you then got to look at like a Henry the Seventh, the Queen Anne. Edward the Seventh, and think, you know, does he really have anything big that he never had a hope of yeah. progressing in the playoffs? I think what we did there is give him a sort of relatively obscure monarch, yeah. a little boost, a little leg up, nice, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think maybe that's a, yeah, I think okay. it was a bit of a struggle. Okay, uh, so Thomas Anderson, uh, do you guys listen to any other history podcasts and any suggestions? Um, Heather from WordPress says, what other podcasts do you listen to? Or or that might have inspired you to do this. Um, So, 
Well, we mentioned in our time. Yeah, in our time. As well. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, the Rex Factor family, as yeah. you said, the Saga Thing podcast, yeah, and there was also the amazing POTUS. Yeah, that's uh, that's still going. They're, they're, they're still going. Yeah. They took quite. They're not as regular as we are, mm. but it is two episodes now and again. So that's um, a couple of Americans who review the presidents. Yeah, which we get asked about quite a bit. So there is there somebody is one doing there something do along those lines. Yeah. Um, as but aside from uh, other podcasts that we listen to, I'm a massive fan of Infinite Monkey Cage. Yeah. Brian uh, Cox, Robin Ince, Brian Cox and science Robin. comedy discussion. Yeah, really good, really mm. worth listening. Um, and um, <laughs> just all of the Radio 4 ones, Desert Island Discs, I love. <laughs> um, and actually, this is pretty weird, mm. but there's um, there's one called Last Word, which mm. is uh, all of the obituaries that, yeah. week that they read out on a Sunday, normally when I'm driving back from the boat, mm. listen to. Um, but if you miss it, you can get it as a podcast. And it's just fascinating. It's, it, there, was a, there was a really... There was a sweet spot when, <laughs> uh, when lots of people were, unfortunately, sadly, um, falling off the coil, um, who had had just the most incredible lives mm. um, in the Second World War and Cold War and all these spies. Yeah, yeah. So it's just uh, a, a story. A history almost, isn't yeah, it? a history of four, four very interesting people and the interesting stuff they got up to. Mm. It's worth it. Are there any... Interesting podcast coming up in the future from, say, the British Museum that people should well, be looking out for. Well, people should be tuning in for one on Germany. Mm. It's called Germany, Memories of a Nation. Mm. This is something that I have been doing some work on. Um, but it is... If you might fill me with History of the World and 100 Objects... Excellent. Really yeah, that's very good. That's worth a listen as well. Yeah. But it's Neil McGregor, the director of the British Museum, and he is... Uh, Going through the history of Germany, 30 episodes, and using an object as the lead discussion point on each episode. But um, it's fascinating. Mm. I've learned a lot. Mm. Mm. I, I also, outside of history, um, film, five live film review podcasts with Simon Mayo and uh, Mark Kermode, I very much enjoy. Hello to Jason Isaacs. And uh, the Bugle podcast with Andy Zaltzman and John Oliver, which is a good sort of comedy satire one for uh, adults, that one. But, yeah. Um, there's also Answer Me This, which is good. Mm. Um, that's the sister, I think, of uh, oh, is it? Andy Zaltzman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, behind the Stats, more or less, Radio 4, that's also good. Um, it's mostly dead on discs here. Um, <laughs> Rex Factor. Rex Factor. Got one there. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Making History is another, that's a Radio 4 history. Right. That's quite good. Helen Caster and Tom Holland mm. present them. That's quite a good one. So, uh, Jane Sam- Sabatini, uh, Hug, Marry, Kill, the History of England podcast... The British History, History Podcast, the History of Britain Podcast. This one for you, Greg. Well, I've only actually listened to um, the History of England Podcast via David Crowther. Oh, yeah. David uh, is good. So um, that's another good one. He sort of started doing similar to us, but he's now gone in a bit more of a sort of the social and European context as well as right. the English. So as I've only listened to that one, I'll have to hug, marry and kill David Crowther. That'd Bad be, luck, David. But what a night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some... Uh, Quirky questions right. for you. Uh, um, Andy Eggers again. Which expresses more surprise or awe? Crikey Riley or Crikey Moses? <laughs> I think it means Crikey O'Reilly. Oh. Um, uh, crikey Moses, Crikey I don't know. See, I've never really considered that these were noteworthy. Thomas Anderson, to people in the UK other than Ali say Crikey Moses? My... Uh, 
my flatmate's mum says croaking roses. I think that's what I thought that's nice. I started saying that. So yes, people do. Michaela Simmons, an email. Does Ali ever use actual curse words in real life or is he crumbs and shut the front door all the time? I've forgotten you ever saying shut the front door. <laughs> um, <laughs> is this because he was raised by an elderly aunt? Or is he a primary school teacher? All kidding aside, I find it endearing and hope he doesn't. It would be too shocking for loyal listeners. Well, I'm going to have to shock you. Well, not on air. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not, <laughs> not allowed should do that, insert that. <laughs> um, I'm not allowed to drop an, an F-bomb. But um, sometimes a big juicy swear word mm. delivered appropriately is nice. But I find there's few situations where crumbs doesn't belittle the situation enough for people not to panic a little less. So for people to panic a little less. You do have a um, a sweary catchphrase of surprise. Yeah. Yeah, but it's. I'm not going to say it in case I say it and forget about it. Okay. You do something to the bed. Oh yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I haven't done that for ages. Um, so anyway, um, mostly I yeah I don't know you have to. We get a lot of people picking um, mentioning the. But this is definitely it gets picked up a lot. This is um, I definitely not 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 noteworthy and maybe it isn't everyone's laughing behind my back. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. Sandra Clark on Facebook asks, where does the expression snog come from? Is it only used in the UK? It might be you know. Yeah. Because it's on the rest of the moment, isn't it? They um they say I'm just go after snog the nanny. Mm. And uh, it's a, a because he's been hanging around British with a British reference. person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess so. It is. It's sort of I sort of teenage, it's kind of yeah. adolescence, I suppose you'd associate a snog with. Yeah, I, I, I haven't had a snog. Oh, next question. I think. Oh dear. Okay. Awkward. Is it me? Is it? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, Jermaine Fairclough. Um, which monarch surprised you? Slash Ali. Did any of them change your original perceptions you found out about them? Uh, and Stephen Loeffler, which king or queen is the biggest disappointment? I, you would have thought they would have been a finalist, but they didn't, didn't measure up on close scrutiny. David Nolan, which monarch rose most in your estimation while researching and recording Rex Factor? Conversely, which one fell the furthest? And Caroline, uh, I was wondering which monarchs turned out to be the most different when you get to the facts from their myths, good or bad. So, so it's all about perceptions and yeah. how, whether we expected more or were surprised by some that came along. Do you know what I was most surprised by, actually? Mm-hmm. I think it's the ones, obviously the ones where, where not very much is known about them, mm. there's some surprise there, which is one of the reasons I did Rex Factor. Mm. But the most revealing thing, surprising thing for me, was the ones where they were the most well-known, like Henry VIII, mm. to really, the episode where we delved into his, what happened to Henry yeah. VIII, I found that fascinating. Mm. And the fact that all of the stuff that he's known for happened in such a short space of time, right near the end of his reign. And for a lot of it, he was just actually quite a lazy, renaissance, good-looking prince who didn't really care that much. He was your your ideal monarch. Yeah, for a long time. He got all fat and choppy-choppy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there we go, that's mine. Uh, Edward IV was one, I think. um, Who, one that I don't think people know that much about, but we did him actually. He was really good in battle. It's meant to be really good looking at the star quality. He was the mm. Wars of the Roses one mm. who came along. My husband. Yeah. Mm. Uh, all those women that yeah. he had. Pretty good rule as well. He thought, actually, yeah, this guy's really good. And he's yeah. just, because yeah. of the princess in the tower and the Tudors, yeah. just gets completely 
yeah. I've forgotten about. That's a shame, isn't it? One I remember when listening back, which I think you particularly enjoyed as a surprise, was William Rufus. Yeah, he was fun. Oh, he had the pointy shoes and the yeah. mood lighting and oh, the slightly lovely. gay <laughs> thing going on. He was fantastic. Um, I uh, also really enjoyed a lot of the Saxons. Mm. They were really good quality. Um, because at the start, I remember thinking, let's just go straight to William the First. Yeah, actually, that was one thing you didn't mention earlier, that initially you thought, we'd well, just start at 1066, yeah. or we'll do the Saxons in one episode. Yeah. And I was kind of going, well, I don't know, I think maybe there's, there's sort of information, yeah. interesting... Yeah. You see, I was, um, I was, the, I was like those out there, they didn't know. Didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I wasn't, I was trying to think of one where I thought this one's going to be really, really good, and then they were just disappointing. And I'm not sure if there really was a big letdown. I don't think there was, really. No. I mean, Richard the Lionheart's a kind of an obvious example, but there's been so much of the kind of revisionism saying, actually, he was really horrible and awful, yeah. and that he was still pretty good at battliness. So it was kind of yeah. still more or less... Maybe Victoria for you, I suppose. You probably wouldn't have thought that you'd come to... <laughs> I, I was never terribly interested in but yeah, I didn't think it would be that bad. But I... um. I suppose, wh- however bad the monarch was, there was always interesting stuff going on in the reign, and the research brought up some... Like with the Georges, there was... Yeah. So, never... things going yeah. on. Barry Lynch, email, uh, asks, um, Regnal numbers after the union of the crowns. The first monarch of Scotland and England had two regnal numbers, James the Sixth and James the First. Mm. Sixth of Scotland, first of England. Uh, but soon after that, it seems to have worn off. I don't recall and Elizabeth I of Scotland, yet we now have Elizabeth II. Um, so he's wondering... Why, basically, and this is for mm. Scottish nationalists. So, uh, Ali, what? what uh... Well, I think um, I think I I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> but in the meantime, maybe you'd like to. Well, James the Second of England was also known as James the Seventh of Scotland. Right. So they did keep it going for him. Oh, right. Mary the Second of William and Mary fame was actually the second Mary of both countries. So easy. William the Third, I think, technically was. William II for Scotland. Right. But the tricky... The, after that, when we got to the Georges, they were all new for mm. everybody. Yeah. So it didn't really matter. And William IV, I don't know if they bothered about him. But when we got to Elizabeth II, there was an issue, because that's when Scottish nationalism had come up a right. bit more. So there was something called the Pillar Box War, where nationalists went around blowing up post boxes that had the two insignia really? on it. So in the end, what they decided to do was that in Scotland, and I think this is still the case, they don't have the number two. It's just like E-R, Elizabeth Regina, and they don't have the two on it. Wow. In acknowledgement that she isn't Elizabeth II of Scotland. Wow. There we go. There we go. Lovely. Fact. Rex fact delivered. Joe on WordPress, can either of you pick your favourite monarch? I found some of my favourite episodes have been those that covered monarchs that didn't have that intangible, undefinable quality of Rex Factor. Oh, it's a co- it's Charles II. Over and above uh, Edward I. I think because um, <laughs> my um, relationship with Charles... Uh, it's complicated. It, it, well, it blossomed mm. from Rex Factor. So my favourite... Rex Factor winner has to be Charles. Hmm. I've just he's so fun. What about one that we didn't give the Rex Factor to? Be still. There were quite a few actually at the end. You were saying yes to most of them, and I was turning quite a few down. Well, like yes. George the Third, George the Sixth, both got. I think you said yes to, and I didn't. I did like George the Third. Yeah. Hmm. Um, sorry. What? America. What? 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 Yeah, he was fun. 
Um, who else didn't get it then? Uh, Rufus was quite a fun one who didn't. Uh, yeah. Didn't get it. One that I quite liked who didn't get it was Edward the Seventh, who came after Victoria, but then he was a much more laid back character. He just really enjoyed being king. He got out in the open again and did all this mm. public stuff. But he also had some good fun scandal. Particularly oh, with a, at night, going from bedroom to bedroom. Bedroom to bedroom, yeah. and uh, in France, where he visited yeah, uh, sort of houses yeah. of ill repute and had a special chair and a special bath. Excellent. <laughs> he was good fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but no, it's true. I've enjoyed quite a few of the ones who didn't actually... You knew that they didn't deserve the Rex Factor, but... Glad that we went and visited yeah. them in depth, yeah. Exactly. Martin Duke. Ah, oh, father fame. Father fame and Twitter. How would Alfred have fared on the Great British Bake Off? Would he have thrown his cakes in the bin? Here now, this is um, apocryphal, isn't it? Well, firstly, there's a reference there. I don't know if this made it into the front page news of America, but in Britain, the main news above like Syria and Scottish referendum and all this sort of stuff a couple of weeks ago was that on the Great British Bake Off reality TV show, somebody's... Uh, ice cream was taken out of a freezer and it melted and they got so upset they couldn't do the bake they were going to do that the guy just put his thing in the bin this passed me by well I don't, I don't know what news you were reading because <laughs> that was the only story in town for a few days so the Great, Great British Bake Off for those who don't know is, is a cooking show where they bake cakes and uh, bread and biscuits and, and bread and biscuits where they bake they bake is it not just cakes then no no all sorts okay um, and that happened. And of course, Alfred the Great's um, famous story that he was watching, well, he was meant to be watching the cakes of some peasant woman when he was hiding from the Vikings. Mm. Bit too much thinking about the Vikings and the cakes burnt. That's understandable, but you do think that if um, Charles II, while he was doing his hiding, asked to look after the cakes, mm. would have produced them with a flourish and with some whipped cream on top and said, Huzzah, and jumped out the window. I don't know, I think he probably would have seduced the peasant woman. And, and just nicked one of the cakes, yeah. and then off he went. <laughs> um, of course, Alfred, um, the metaphor or the allegory, whatever mm. it is that he learnt his lesson, he let the cakes burn in the sense that he hadn't prepared England's defences. He learnt from the lesson, and in future, he didn't make that mistake again. So I think Alfred wouldn't have thrown the cakes in the bin. He'd have learnt the lesson. Okay, good question, good answer. Uh, Matthew Constable again on WordPress. If you were having a party, and in order to get Charles II to come. Mm. You would have to invite one of the following. Mm. So, which one would you invite? Dunstan? Absolutely not. Victoria? Absolutely not. I don't know if see where this is going. Edred? Uh, Toothman? Yeah, he was the one who had to suck his food and then spit it out. Right, yeah. Or Cromwell? Definitely Edred. Because Charles would have found that hilarious <laughs> and instigated some sort of, um, sort of food sucking competition. Mm. Um, <laughs> him that would have been a riot that was a nice thing about Edward VII I've just remembered um, and this might be something which didn't get into the podcast which is a later question but I'll forget um, there was some tradition of some like um, water where you were meant to dab your fingers in it and wash it mm. but there was some dip mat from a foreign country came along and misunderstood and thought that it was a drink so he picked up this sort of plate and took a little drink from it and terrible etiquette, incredibly embarrassing. Edward the Seventh, king, picks up his bowl and drinks it, so that everybody else does it, and the guy didn't feel embarrassed. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. What a good egg. Yeah. I thought Cromwell would just be—it'd be awkward. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, and uh, he would have been 
he wouldn't have got involved with the drinking. He'd been on edge. Mm. I, th- I think it might have been a bit awkward at a party with the guy spitting his food out. He also had a bit of a temper on him, so he might have run off and massacred someone in his, his land. Charles would have made it a light of it and said, then sort of chased him off. Um, who was the other one? Dunstan, not a chance. Dunstan would have been in danger of discovering Charles in a back room with some of his ladies oh, and pulled what him away. Killjoy. Imagine if Dunstan <coughs> and Cromwell were there, they would have been best of friends <laughs> if he wasn't a Catholic. <coughs> so it's got to be Victoria in my eyes. She liked a bit of dancing when she was younger, and surely introduce her at that stage to Charles II, so you'd have uh, yeah, that livened her up a bit. Yeah, they would have hit it off, wouldn't they? Yeah. Uh, Mackenzie Walton on Twitter who are your favourite fictional monarchs English or otherwise um, uh, King Kong <laughs> probably thinking outside the box <laughs> um, uh, Mr oh it's like I'd like to be a king unlikely yeah. um, can't think of any other kings I mean the first one which came to my mind was King Arthur oh that's Better. If we treat him yeah. as fictional, of course. Yeah, that's better than Con. Not Robert or Joffrey Baratheon, if we went to the Game of Thrones uh, games. Yeah, yeah. No, They're all a bit disappointing. They are. And I don't know why we're meant to really like the Starks in that programme. I'm all about the Lannisters. Well, I, I'm not sure about why you like the Lannisters. Uh, well, well, this is just Game of Thrones chat now, isn't it? <laughs> the kings are all quite disappointing, yeah. I found. Yeah, and especially Rob Stark. He's he never does anything, he just rubbish. sits in his tent all the time. Yeah. Rubbish. Uh, King Kong then. King Kong, yeah. King Kong and King Arthur. Yeah. Uh, Niall Carr on uh, Facebook, or Neil Carr possibly. Uh, Edward I, Charles II, William IV. Snog, marry, avoid. Uh, who's it? Charles II? Edward I, William IV. It's quite a homoerotic mm. theme to this, <laughs> this <laughs> podcast. Uh, snog, uh, Charles. Yeah, that's what I, I thought I'd said yeah, as well. Can't tie him down. Yeah. Marry. William. Okay. Because um, he's sweet. <laughs> uh, and avoid. And avoid Edward I. Mm. Good Lord. Well, I had them the other way round, because I said before about Edward mm. loving his wife, whereas William is likely to get drunk and embarrass you at parties. Yeah, I keep... And he swears I, at all the ladies. And <laughs> I do keep um, forgetting that about uh, Edward I, how he did actually really love his wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd have it the other way round as well, you're mm. right. If, I mean, if I were <laughs> Eleanor... I'll be sitting pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, per Milam, um, who would win if the Henrys played the Edwards in soccer? In By s- which I think he means football. I have no idea. Eight versus eight, of course. Eight Edwards, eight Henrys. Well, it's tricky, isn't it? Because you've got different ones. I mean, Edward I, mm. um, very strong against weaker opponents. <laughs> if he comes up against someone a bit stronger. He would have been fine. <laughs> he would have relished it and it would have been oh, it'd been fantastic. But I think yeah, I think you can we can pretty much neutralise Henry V with Edward the Third. Yeah. Job done. Although of course Edward the Third, his problem will be that as the years go by he won't be signing a new generation of no. team to replace him. Henry V mm-hmm. will score a hat trick but get yeah. stretched off after half an hour. Yeah. Henry II will probably get sent off for hacking down the referee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Henry III will sort of be quite solid, but let's not really cause too much fuss, but he's yeah. a defendable member. Um, Edward II will be a bit rubbish because he'll just invite all of his mates who are rubbish at football to play instead yeah. of all the yeah. people who are actually quite good. I think Henry VIII would really let Henry's down. Well, it's interesting. He uh, 
ordered the first known pair, first documented pair of football boots. Really? Mm. Rex Fact delivered. But in 1541, he banned football. Rex Fact delivered. Amazing. It was too dangerous. Or he tried his shoes on and wasn't it? Good. <laughs> he couldn't fit them Banning this. Um, yeah, exactly. He had to run away with the ball and stabbed it. Yeah. Um, Edwards. I'm back yeah. Edwards. You've got Edward the Fourth as a kind of George Best sort of figure. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. Looks great, yeah. but it won't yeah. last long because no. he drinks and smokes and yeah. <laughs> womanises too much. Uh, or Edward VIII, of course, he'll give it all up to come a model. They're quite similar. They've got parallels, haven't they? Yeah, there's sort of some strong players, some weaker players. It's quite an interesting one, there. Okay, I'm up. Uh, and Andrew Cooper, if you could see any two monarchs meet, which would they be and why? Oh, I, I think. I mean, it's really tempting to go for an obvious another Charles II reference, but mm. we need to spread it a bit wider. Um, it would be really good um, to see someone like Cromwell yeah. meet Rufus. <laughs> he would have hated him. He would. He would have absolutely hated him. But also, Rufus, being actually pretty strong and cool, mm. would have been... Not a wilting lily. Yeah. Wilting violet? Shrinking violet. That's it. <laughs> wilting lily. Wilting lily. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd have been good. That'd be I, fun. I'd like um, to imagine the uh, Edward I's reaction to meeting James I and discovering that the King of Scotland becomes the King of England. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Maybe... Um, maybe um, George III and... No, no not a king, mm. but Washington. Mm. That'd be nice to yeah. have him there. I also think we mentioned actually on the podcast, um, or maybe in the playoffs, that Charles II and Elizabeth I would have been a very good couple. Oh, where Elizabeth I mean, I wears the trousers and. Yeah, Charles just gets on. Wears the dress and be quite yeah. happy about it all. Yeah, absolutely. So darned comfortable. <laughs> okay, Jeremy Hoffman. Given the Victoria's diary put a damper on the enthusiasm for her era due to her incessant whining, which monarch's diary, if existed, would you A, most like to avoid so as to avoid ruining your opinion in the monarch? And B, most like to read to find out what the heck was going on inside his or her head. Graham, go for it. I'm, I'm well, yeah, so with <coughs> Victoria wrote so much that I think that helped to turn you and others against her because you got her every little yeah. thought about something. I suspect Alfred, maybe, might In the be dark a similar days, way, dark yeah. days because his philosophical stuff is very admirable but if he was like Victoria in diary writing just everything he thought yeah. I think there'd be a, probably quite a lot of glum sort yeah. of stuff there'd be quite a lot of religious I'm not worthy yeah, yeah. he might be a bit serious he, you might not that you somehow turned against him anyway but he, he might come across as less sympathetic if you got his internal monologue I think that's it. I felt like I was in tune with that internal monologue, <laughs> yeah. which is why he was Didn't need the diary. Did, yeah. I'd quite like to see the diary of any Plantagenet with their rage, where, where some of the pages would be just be torn and scrambled and they'd just be scribbled. Probably why there isn't one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That or like um, a, uh, a one of the Norse kings, like Sven, mm. Fortbeard, or uh, King Canute. Yeah. Um, where I just, in my mind, imagine it's just destroyed, just <laughs> exterminate. Yeah, and written in runic symbols, and yeah, that'd be nice. Because I think Edward the First would be quite dull because there wouldn't really be any contemplation at all. It would, it would just be a list of yeah things that I've attacked today. It wouldn't be a make. Tomorrow I shall conquer this town. 
Yeah, and similarly with Charles II, it would just be uh, party after party, <laughs> lists of girls he likes. But yeah, Plantagenet one to I see Richard the rage. Third, I think, would be the real yeah. insight to what yeah. he was really thinking. And the day the princess disappeared did absolutely nothing today, <laughs> and you can ask my friend. <laughs> Niall Carr, if you could nominate any monarch to complete Ice Bucket Challenge, who would it be and why? Now, if you're listening to this in five years and <laughs> have no idea what that is, simply Google it. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, having an ice bucket poured over them, basically. Uh, I'd like to see any of the Georges in full wig. <laughs> yes. And full belly and yeah. Yeah, waddling full. around. <laughs> Grizzly. Um, or... Or uh, Elizabeth first. See the uh, see the face. See how it was drained out, and then you can see the real Elizabeth. Um, who else would be good? I'd like to see the reaction of Edward the first. Love to see the reaction of the first, or King John, or again any Plantagenet. Just yeah. just some rage, some <laughs> real rage. Um, or I'd love it if they would just go. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, Susan Bournt. If you could travel back in time, which three monarchs, and they don't have to be your X Factor winners, would you want to sit down and have a drink with? Um, uh, obviously the big two for me, and who would make an interesting third one? Maybe, um... Sailor King. Uh, William the Fourth. Yeah, there we go. Fun eggs. Uh, yeah, similar to Elizabeth the First, Charles the Second, and Edward the Seventh. I thought they'd be kind of a fun bunch. Elizabeth the First? Well, she was quite witty. She liked fun and she liked roguish men. She did. And humour mm. and being flattered. And then you've got a couple of sort of womanising, partying, mm. but also quite like their strong women. Yeah. So yeah. I think she'd be sort of running the roots. But they'd be quite a good chat. That could get very interesting towards the end of the evening. Well, yeah. I think I was initially thinking about George IV, but I thought then it would just get, it would get epic, there. yeah, crazy party Ooh. talk. Ellie Fisher, if you go back to any period in history, when would it be? If you go back in time for a day and witness one historical event, what would it be? Mm. Um, I'm not sure I like the idea of going back to any period in history. I, mean, I suppose if we day. could go back like as a um, time-travelling tourist, rather yeah. than being stuck there. Okay. Uh, if you could just sort of go and observe. Uh, well, I suppose. I'm, I'm not so keen on the Saxon stuff, because I don't think it'd be as interesting to see... Mud. All the mud huts. But, um, oh, oh, but, um, no, but, I mean, really, yeah, because there's less interesting architecture. Somewhere like London in the medieval period before the Great Fire would be interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, any medieval, any medieval period would be nice. Um, but witnessing one historic event, mm. oh, that is impossibly difficult. <laughs> uh, I'd quite like, I'm a massive, um, how do I say this? Not fan, but I'm very, very interested in the Second World War history. Mm. So I would like to go back and just get the feel of the time then. Mm. Um, yeah. Probably good to see the um, see the uh, knights do do over Beckett. I mean, not good to see, but <laughs> be witness to one of the great scandals of, yeah. of the age, of, the, of all ages. Mm. Um, yeah, how about you? Uh, and I, I think in terms of period, it would have to be Tudors. Yeah. And uh, Henry VIII, just before he starts chopping everybody's heads off, when you've got like Wolsey and Cromwell and Thomas More and Anne Boleyn yeah. and Catherine's incredible court. In terms of events, attempting to pick a battle, although it is a bit impractical to 
witness that safely. Well, if you if were just like a ghost and could wander yeah. through, yeah. yeah, that would be good. I mean, awful. Yeah. But fascinating. Yeah. Um, just like watching Braveheart. I was, <laughs> I was thinking the aftermath of Dunstan interrupting Edwig. Yeah, coronation cool. without it getting a bit too X-rated. That would yeah. be quite an interesting scenario. Edgar the Peaceable being rowed about by the British kings. Yeah, would either be incredibly impressive or just utterly ridiculous, mm. and it'd be quite fun. I think I mentioned in the final when I was pushing for Elizabeth first mm. how wonderful and full of optimism the time was discovering new lands and London being such a busy world centre ports and yeah with all the monkeys I think was a a key part of it so perhaps then actually I'll go I'll go slightly after you the golden age I'll go about yeah 50 years after you over there so uh, we might pass we might the other event I thought of was the coronation of George the second with the horse going backwards Ah, oh, no, that was George III, but yeah, that, that would, would be, be good, cool wouldn't to it? watch. Yeah, oh, I loved that. I was thinking George II, because that's the first time ever at Coronation, indeed any time, where they performed Handel's uh, Zadok the Priest. Which is epic. So you think, although we've heard it before, imagine all these people seeing, hearing that for the first oh, time yeah. in an actual... Coronation. And we're so surrounded by music all the time that yeah. things are less impressive, but to hear... I mean, it still gives me the shivers to yeah. hear that, so then, wow. Uh, Julian on Twitter asks, which episode of Time Team was Ali on? I was uh, on, it's stretching a bit, um, <laughs> but if you go back through the Facebook photos, you can clearly see me with a Rex Factor mark. Unmistakable. Promotion. Um, it was an episode where th- the Time Team crew went to Upton Castle in West Wales. Um, Pembrokeshire. In Pembrokeshire, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they were digging around a chapel on the site there, and... Um, I, I know the people who own it, so um was there. I was mm. staying in the castle with, your and, mug. Um, with my mug uh, and met all the crew, and it was brilliant. And Joanna uh, Lipscomb was there. Susanna. Susanna. Oh, I, oh, I think I called her Joanna to her face. You know? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. I cannot ever say her Joanna. name. Joanna! Joanna! <laughs> Dan! Dan! <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that was a highlight. Yeah. Uh, Series yeah. 20, episode 269, An Englishman's Castle. Luminel. Yeah, that one. That one. Which I think technically is the last one outside of a couple of specials to end it all was off. Was it really? So you could say that you killed Time Team. Oh dear. <laughs> wasn't my, I did. I was trying to get in every shot. I was there. It was like a sitcom and foiled at every attempt. Like they were filming through, um, filming in a room in the castle. I'd sort of wander past holding a Rex Factor mug. I mean, I was shameless in my attempts. <laughs> I really was. And all there is is one fleeting glimpse at the camera moving so quickly, I'm blurred. But, I, but you're I, there. I was there. I was in it. Max Maiden on Facebook. What's the most interesting what if that you learned of during Rex Factor? So, a kind of, oh, if this had just happened or if this just hadn't happened then I don't know if it's the most interesting but for me the most tantalising has to be the nearly coronation Henry V dying six weeks before the King of France and he would have become Mm. the King of France yeah that was that would just be Mm. I think he might have won Rex Factor if he'd done that yeah I mean um, (laughs) and then he could have died two weeks later but he'd done it um just hang on for eight weeks. Yeah. That would have been it. Um, but every time I hear that story or read about him, mm. I'm still kind of hoping for a different ending, <laughs> yeah. even though I know it's yeah. not coming, because it's all so epic. Mm. 
another one with 1066, Harold II so nearly mm. held out at the Battle of Hastings. They hadn't have broke, and yeah. the house calls would have stayed. Yeah, and even if it was like a rogue arrow, yeah, then oh, that one was very close. Edward VI is an interesting one, the son of Henry VIII. Very, very intelligent. And they're all intelligent bunch of Jews, but Edward VI particularly so. Mm. And if he hadn't got his illness and got on, he could have been potentially even more powerful and disruptive and bloodthirsty <laughs> than, than his father. Oh, excellent. Uh, another one was the death of George IV's daughter, Princess Charlotte, who, she died in childbirth, so you lost the heir to the throne and then the next in line as well, in one night. Oh, right, yeah, of course he did. And yeah. if that hadn't happened, William IV would never become king, and Victoria would never even have been born. Oh, wow. And, you think and then all of Europe. All of Europe, and all those royal families, all of the places across the world that are called yeah. Victoria Fall, Victoria this. Maybe then we wouldn't have, well, we would have certainly not had Tsar Nicholas, mm. and maybe the Russian population would have been so anti replacement. Yeah. Mm. History would have been buried up in Would indeed. But. Uh, Sue Clark on Facebook uh, we just watched a BT TV movie The Lost Prince about the son of King George V and Queen Mary who had epilepsy and was autistic what more can you tell us about him well we, did, we touched on this didn't we in the, in the podcast mm. or did it get cut um, could have got cut possibly mm. um, so this is a sort of TV play by Stephen Polyakoff so George mm. V's youngest child called John had a seizure when he was four and also signs of autism right. so then he ended up just living at Sandringham Sandringham mm. and didn't sort of go out into the public mm. very much anymore and then he dies uh, in 1919 when he was just 14 it was a very bad seizure so mm. this was a sort of play about him where he was kind of just behind the scenes poor bloke that's by the sounds of it they, it sort of portrayed as that he was just shut away because mm. often with epilepsy it was seen as oh you need to keep him out of the public eye yeah they'd have been embarrassed by him because the age wasn't it but it was apparently he was um, quite well loved, it was quite distressing, like George VI, who was a similar age. And uh, Jenny Berry on Facebook, when and who started using the three lions as a sign of the King of England? Was it Henry Duke of Normandy, son of Matilda, uh, when he married Anne and the Duchess of Aquitaine? Both of them had a single lion at the crest, or was it their son Richard, later Richard Coeur de Leon? Well, now they are not lions; mm. they're leopards. Well, it's an interesting. We've never particularly got into heraldry, no, on Rex Factor, but. Apparently, um, Richard III is the one that establishes the three of them yeah. and the emblems. That is where it comes from. But Richard the, the first. The first. So right, Richard yeah. the first has a three. A lion rampant. Yeah, that's standing up, right? Standing erect with its paws raised is a lion. Yeah. But the lions, the three lions, are passant gardant, where they're walking with their head turned full face. Yeah. Now, in heraldic terms, they're technically called leopards. Yeah. But they're not portrayed as being spotted. No. So they don't look like leopards. Yeah. They are lions. So it's yeah. some kind of heraldic distinction. So in a sense, they are lions really. Right. But technically, heraldically, that's called... Well, it's a leopard, and yet it's a lion pass on guard. Yeah. So it's a funny... It's strange. I mean, the, technicality. those three are clearly... There's that grey area. Because yeah. like a panther is, is actually a leopard, it's just a black leopard. Yeah. Um, without spots, but I wouldn't have known about them then. Yeah. Um, but the lion erect that mm. the uh, Scots have, and facing you, I'll do an impression, you're going to see <laughs> it's a bit yes. That's clearly... That's... 
That's um, that's clearly a lion. Yeah. Like, he's got full-on mane and everything. Mm. So that's the Scottish lion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there, it's a bit grey, a bit grey. Mm. They, they look a bit silly with sort of their tongues out. Yeah, yeah. But why why three of them? Um, I think there was a bit of a Normandy origin, and then, um, yeah, I think it is, they just kind of accumulated them for marrying people oh, who right. also had lions, and then Richard, okay. the, uh, Richard the First did them all together. Them all together. Uh, another one for Jenny Berry, asking um, how long was Queen Eleanor, or was Eleanor Queen of Aquitaine, uh, Eleanor of Aquitaine, how long was she kept prisoner by Henry II? Mm, yeah, how long was that? That was 1173 to 1189 from the Great Revolt to Henry's death, so about 16 years. Now, when you say prison... Uh, house arrest, mm. palatial house arrest. Yeah. Uh, Living but, in luxury, but not allowed out or visitors. Yeah, not allowed out to tell your sons to rebel against the king. Yeah. I mean, visitors, but they were approved. Yeah. All, yeah. Um, but she was let out at Christmas, as depicted in the line of winter. Hmm. Uh, David Nolan on email. What is your favourite joke linked to royal history? How about this one? What did King Alfred do with counterfeit currency? Dunno. He burnt all the fakes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that deserved more than that. But he said, "Sorry, that was awful." I yeah. Know. Yep, that's the best I've heard today. Yeah, I can't. I don't really know. I any don't know any. No. No, I don't know. Um, and can we think of one? Well, I quite like the Kaiser when he heard that George V had changed the um, royal dynastic name from Saxe-Coburg-Gotha to Windsor. Oh, yeah. And he said that he'd look forward to seeing the Merry Wives of Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's the only known joke that the Kaiser ever <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, email them in or put them up on Facebook. Yeah. Diane Bailey, um, if you took the top score for each area you reviewed, all the factors... Um, what pick and mix style monarch would be created and what name would you choose for them? Good question. Maybe you use initials from each top scorer to create a new one. Okay, what does that give us? We've got Henry V for Bathiness. Mm. Scandal, we've got one of Henry VIII, Oliver Cromwell, Richard III. Good. Uh, subjectivity, George VI. Lovely. Longevity, Victoria. Oh, gee. And uh, Dynasty, Edward the Elder. Mm. Um, well, at least one has got uh, a... Um, not doesn't have a number but has a name yeah. so it can be someone the elder yeah uh, I was wondering whether we could just call them Henry the second good point mm. yeah let's go with that yeah <laughs> um, Henry the second the elder yeah okay Amy Snord on Facebook where did you or can I get the Henry doll so this is our um, if you've ever watched any of our videos on YouTube uh, or maybe some photos that we put on Facebook and Twitter you'll see we've got a little mm. uh, glove puppet who Technically, isn't Henry VIII, but he looks rather. He, yeah, striking resemblance. We're looking at it at the moment. Uh, it is widely available. Get it on Amazon or Google Alternatives. But if you look for the Puppet Company King Hand Puppet, maybe our time for story, then uh, mm. it'll pop up. Yeah, and the King of England, uh, King and Queens of England cards, and the similar Scotland ones that we're about to do yeah. are also available. Uh, they are heritage playing cards. Mm. If you want those? So okay, right, I'm up. Katie Lloyd. Hello, Katie. I all around loved the podcast. However, my favourite parts were always when you talked about the many amazing females and their significance on the events of the time. I myself was named after a queen, Catherine Parr. My mum was quite proud of that, uh, was quite proud that she was the one that buried Henry in the end. And I wanted to know who your favourite female in British history was. Hmm. Big question. Uh... Uh, Eleanor, Eleanor Aquitaine. She's she's a big hitter there. Yeah, 
Um, I've got a soft spot for Matilda. Felt sorry for her. I do. I do like um, Elizabeth II, the Queen. The Queen. Mm. Yeah, I'm fond of her. Though I really like Elizabeth I, mm. as you could tell from the final. <laughs> um, uh, but I will go with Eleanor Aquitaine because of the, her her power and influence at the time was just spectacular. Mm. Uh, outside of the monarchs, it was a shame we couldn't quite justify doing her and giving her a review, but mm. Ethel fled of Mercia. Go on. She was Alfred the Great's, well, eldest child, actually, but her, his daughter. So after Alfred died and Edward the Elder was king, you've got Edward in Wessex, but Ethel fled and married the kind of guy that was ruling Mercia. Mm. But he was a bit ill. So she basically took over and became known as Lady of the Mercians. Right. So they were kind of working together and expanding Saxon territory. So she's leading all of these campaigns conquering like defeating the Vikings in battle yeah, yeah. conquering the five boroughs in the Midlands that's a Beastie Boys album five boroughs in the Midlands <laughs> <laughs> um, she was the one that technically brought up Athelstan because he went to live at her court technically it was the only female to female um, or mother to daughter succession that there's ever been in oh, right. English history technically her daughter did then but also become Lady the Mercians until Edward the Elder came in and just said no nah, I'm just I'm yeah, going to take over here. Come yeah. on. I'm a bloke but she was pretty amazing ok so uh, Monica Murphy who is your favourite consort ok yeah and Thomas Anderson asks which favourite monarch which foreign monarch is your favourite and who's your favourite Prime Minister um, so King Athelstan on Twitter, which is um, very, you know is up to date. Would you ever review some of the earlier Saxon kings like Offa, as I feel is a strong contender for the Rex Factor? Julian of Twitter, any chance of a special episode devoted to Edgar Atheling? His life is so interesting. Paul Griffiths of Twitter, where, when are you going to do the Welsh princes? And Joe from WordPress, my girlfriend is French. Well done. I thought I'd leave it there. But <laughs> <laughs> I was going to message And uh, just get it printed on a t-shirt. <laughs> and would love a series covering the French monarchs in English. Thanks. Well, uh, we would not get very far. <laughs> um, there doesn't seem to be any equivalents out there. Thank you for pointing out that niche. <laughs> so we should, let's have a quick run-through. Favourite console. Group. Well, so I was thinking that after... We're doing the Kings and Queens of Scotland next. Yeah. Yeah. But possibly after we do that we might come to investigate mm. uh, the consorts. Mm. So uh, at some point we may have an official answer might do. on the consorts. I do, as Katie Lloyd was saying, I do quite like uh, Catherine Parr of the Six Wives of Henry VIII. She was uh, got, got her head screwed on. Mm. Yeah. Well, left on as well. Left on. Yeah. Um, and Alan, of course, as you said. Yeah. Uh, Favourite Prime Minister... We might revisit It's also one we can yeah. have a look at later. But I mean, off the top of your head... Ooh, uh, and it's very modern, but got to give a decent amount of credit to Attlee. Uh, absolutely, Attlee. But I was really worried then you were going to say someone like probably Cameron, favourite foreign monarch. I'm not really sure. I know. No, I mean, uh, if we were to look at the French, then uh, the Sun King Louis the Fourteenth is a yeah. But he'd probably be. We'd find that he'd probably be quite a lot like Henry VIII. That everyone knows about him. There's other ones that would be my favourite. Maybe. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there'd be sure there'd be a lot of big characters of the French. Um, I think with Louis the Fourteenth, I think he does also have military dominance of Europe. Yeah. Whereas Henry VIII likes to think he's yeah. on his nails. But yeah, Wales might be a bit tricky to do. We could have a look at it. The thing is, Wales was never really a proper united country with a king. Yeah. And there's nothing out there. I remember trying to do that for my dissertation. It's, it's mm. very hard to come by stuff. 
So you maybe if you like with Edgar the Etheling, who was the um, sort of Saxon that didn't become mm. king in 1066, but technically should have done, mm. and then went off on the Crusades and went around Europe and all sorts mm. of this crazy life. Maybe we might do some special episodes. I think we should. So like Edgar, Offa is another one to do. Manny. Um, and you've got some Welsh kings like um, Llewellyn the Great was one and Owain Glendower mm. would be an obvious one to do an episode on. So I don't know if we can do a whole series on the Welsh, but maybe... I think maybe like as we do... Guild special. Yeah, as we do the Scottish ones, and you fancy a break, we'll just drop in an, an <laughs> right, old if, if you fancy a break from the Scots, then you can just do some other research. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a book, <laughs> and uh, you now you know what you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> and uh, final question. Mm. Well, a couple of people have got this one. Harry Tufts on WordPress. If each of you were king... What would your scores be? Would you have the Rex factor? Or as now Carl said, with a similar question, the host factor. Well, um, I don't think I would, to be honest. Um, well, you got your boxing for a bit of battliness. Bit of battliness. Um, Some of the things I've heard about your tactics playing squash. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although I, yeah, I do love boxing. I do look a bit like a cheese string in there. So um, <laughs> perhaps not the best. Um, I'd like to think I'd be nice and fair, yeah. but I might be very susceptible to some sort of hostile takeover. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure. Come in. I don't want the job. There's too much pressure already. <laughs> exactly. It's, in terms of Rex Factor, we've been hosting for four years, which would put us 48th out of the oh, 58 lovely. products that we did. Good, good stats. So we've got a little bit of ways to go, but yeah. we're not last, so we're better than some. We don't have any children. Not, not yet, but one day, Ali. One day. That day will come. Mm. It's not, uh, yeah. So, uh, not very well, I think. Yeah. But maybe get the Rex factor. Maybe, just mm. because I think we deserve it. <laughs> yes, yes, please. By default. <laughs> so, those are all the questions. Well, yeah, thanks for sending them in. That yeah, was fun. Yeah, it was good. Thank totally you for good. sending all your questions. Next time you'll hear for us will probably be in October when we will be beginning our new series on Scotland. Scotland! <laughs> and I will, I know I say every time, but I will get that out of my system. I'm going to just talk in a Scottish accent for a while. By the end of the series, yeah, you'll have I'm got that well out of your oh, system. Well, I've got it refined, if nothing else. <laughs> so, until then, thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheerio. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into.